Good evening, everybody. This is the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast. I am Kenny Oak, as you already know. What you also already know is that I am joined with, joined by, with, joined as always with, by. (laughs) (laughs) Which take are we taking on that one? (laughs) Anyone. The whole thing. I want to take it all in. Okay. Just fully... Ah, as as much as I can, just fill me up with all of it. That sounds good. And who am I, though? <laughs> you are you are Chris Harris. Yeah. If anyone wanted to know, and this week it's episode seventy-five, and we are talking about the first. We have the semifinals of the best gimmicks in wrestling. I have a lot to get with that, and. Uh, what else do we have in store? That's what I, that's all I have. Well, that's maybe all you want to talk about. Well, we're going to have a nice little discussion about some some TV product of, and what we want to see and what will get you invested into AEW in October and how they can draw you in and make you watch every week, okay? Hey, that sounds good to me. But first, let's get into our one of our favorite things. Our, one of our new favorite things, and that's brackets. It is. And Big fan. This current bracket is the best gimmicks we had. Last week was the first round. Uh, this week we have round number two, the semifinals, in which the one-seed Undertaker goes up against Mankind as the four-seed, and the two-seed Kane is going up against the three-seed Goldust. I love drunk commentary. I realize that you're not hanging out with me on tonight's edition of drunk commentary. God. But, but I am, and I'll Are run you... this train solo because you're, you're, you're bad at There's what nothing you do. solo about this train. This is I a... am the best in the world at what I do. You are drunk punk, and I'm going to tell you about it, okay? <laughs> First now. of all, that was Jericho. Jericho was best in the world at what he did before, way before CM Punk was. That's hardly arguable, so I'm just going to sit here and agree with you and nod my head and uh, shake my eyes a little bit so that you know I'm here. And uh, I shake my cup of water. It's been a long week, Bob. So aggressive. I know. I understand. But we're going to talk some you gimmicks. You're not acting like you are. I I know. I'm, just, like, I'm excited I, to I, talk about Gold Dust and Kane. Yes. And let's just. Let let's start with Kane and Goldust, just because the, the two and the three, the two and three. That's just that's the better matchup in my opinion. Okay. The, it will be the closer matchup between those two, yeah. and really, when it comes to evolving over time, and and the staying power, these two are very similar and have kind of gone on a very similar path. Not saying that they're the characters are similar, but the the men involved and the the characters themselves have been on a quite the long journey and have definitely evolved over time. Yeah, because they're certainly very different from each other, right? From the gimmick yes. perspective, they do very different things. And one thing that sets, different that sets them apart from. And the reason I think that you're kind of calling this the better matchup is because it is. It's what separates them from the four seed is the staying power and how they keep their gimmick 
relevant for so many years. We'll talk about mankind in a little bit, but we're talking about two characters here in the two versus the three that did this and may continue to do it in some fashion towards the 25-year mark, right? Mm-hmm. And that's very rare, and I think that's what we end up getting when you start talking about the greatest of all time anything. Most of the time, longevity is a necessary part of that kind of that resume portion. It's it's needed because if you can prove that you can stick around long enough, that means you've done a lot of things. And what we're going to agree on about gold dust, since I think we'll start with him, is the ability to do a lot of different things in a lot of different ways to keep yourself not at the top because he was never a top guy, but to keep no. his, to keep himself relevant, to keep himself in key feuds. The IC title was, of course, a thing. You're a big fan of his tag work, of course. So there's a lot of yes, things that he absolutely. does to kind of, you know, change with the times, I guess. Yeah, he, he's always been able to adapt. And you're right. He was never a top guy, and you would never believe him as a top guy. Mm-hmm. But he's held the IC title many times. Um, He has been a tag team champion multiple times. Um, He's had some very memorable feuds. My favorite feud of his is his feud with Brian Pillman uh, when they were feuding over Marlena and her services. Well, of course, Terry Runnels was the wife of Goldust at the time, and Pillman was able to win her as a servant of sorts and, you know, would videotape them in the hotel and, you know, it brought out a a much more serious, a much edgier side of gold dust. And you were able to see those different layers being added on to the character and to be able to add those different layers is what gives you a much more, I guess, so where I'm looking for it gives you the opportunity to have the longevity mm-hmm. in the business, and both him and on the other side, Kane was able to do the same thing because when Kane first started, he, it was a very one-dimensional, just very serious. He never spoke; he just went in and he kicked ass and 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 walked out. Yeah. Uh, but then he he started adding layers to his character. He he started to be able to communicate and talk. I mean, it, it was kind of ridiculous at first, but I mean, that was the time. It was the attitude era. Yeah, we, did, we, we bought it, though, because we were scared yeah. of Kane still. Yeah. Then even his look started to evolve. He, the full face mask was gone, and now his mouth was uh, visible, and he started to talk a lot more, and you realized he had a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. So throughout time, both of those guys were able to move past the initial stigmas that they were given and were able to create characters that lasted um, pretty much our entire, almost our entire lives. Mm-hmm. You can, you can kind of bet that when Vince was creating these and had the ideas for both gold dust and Kane, cause you remember Kane, when he initially was walking out in house shows a few times, he wore a Cape, right? And yes. that, that look wouldn't have, well, I mean, we would have believed it then, but I mean, it was I terrible. It now looking back at it and the initial look of gold dust I like was so, capes, that's yeah, why i like the hurricane so yeah, much that's true big fan of the superhero genre but i don't know if they would have turned him into a superhero tornado like i created on smackdown here know. comes the pain the tornado was so 
God. He was bad, Bob. He's a badass. What they what they're able to do is move. He was blue beyond the bizarre gold dust, and yes. move beyond the 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 initial storyline that we were told of what Kane was, and do a lot of different yeah. stuff. Because yeah, you you have to be able to change and evolve over time, and Kane they kind of move that storyline along out of the way as well with Kane being you know, injured and, you know, the fire and all that stuff because his attire changed as well. He wasn't burnt throughout his body and all those things. So that yeah. to, to stay relevant, it, it's believable. And the way that they did it was certainly believable. And with a guy as athletic as him and even Goldust, they're both very good workers, to say the least, in the ring. And to, to transform into that when you have to and not be so gimmicky is a, is a talent that not everybody has, I think. Now... What would we, how do we describe, if someone asked you, what is the gimmick of Goldust, how would you describe it? And I'm talking about the gimmick itself, yeah. not just the character, but the, the gimmick. I see him as like this sexually driven, almost psychotic individual who doesn't I have like any boundaries. He sure didn't. Just ask Ahmed Johnson about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it pops up on the internet far too much. Yeah, man. But uh, that that's a perfect. That's a great way. It's pretty accurate. To I think. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, like a sexually driven Hollywood uh, sociopath. Really, mm-hmm. he was psychotic, but um, he had no boundaries. And then the character just kind of grew over time. Yeah, and became less about the sexual weirdness and more about just the bizarreness yeah being very unique and different from everybody else yes which i think was what he was trying to accomplish and that's what that character did beyond most of them at the time was it he separated himself from all the other gimmicks that were especially in the attitude era although there weren't a a lot of the in the singles world there were still you know kane the undertaker was there godfather was a pimp and shit like mm-hmm. that. Val Venus was a porn Val star. Was porn. Yeah. So to the costume did a lot for him. The face paint did a lot to him. And there's a lot of credit should be thrown to a guy like him and and Sting and all the dudes that actually wear paint like six days yeah, a week. A work. Yeah. And to be, I mean, you get great at it. I'm sure after a few times, but that's a lot of commitment that I think we should kind of appreciate more from some of these guys. Okay. So now. Kane, what would you describe his his gimmick as? I don't know, man. It's changed so much from from the time. He is a demonic person, not so much in. Well, but he uh, wasn't always a demonic person. He was the 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 burned alive brother of a dead person. Right, and I guess when I'm saying demonic, I'm saying that more so in a way of that's how he carries himself. He that's how he attacks people. That's how he kind of has this ambiance in the ring is of, you know, has a devilish mentality about him where he doesn't necessarily care and he's trying to inflict pain on everybody else around him. Because that was, even when he was wearing pants and beating up Seth Rollins and it really wasn't Kane anymore, you know, it was still, that was still the same thing. He was very corporate. That was still his mentality was to cause as much pain to the other person as much. And that's a devilish type of thing I think so yeah, I, get I think it's rooted in that but he he's a guy that likes to harm people 
And you put that on a guy who's huge. He's fucking 6'10", 326, never gained an ounce in his life. And he's, he's great. <laughs> it's, it's weird how these wrestlers just, they get to a certain weight and they stay. never fucking face. <laughs> it's so strange. Oh, man. Um, yeah, AJ Styles will forever be 219 pounds. Shawn <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michaels will always be, he was like 225. Yeah. 227. It was no, some None of those top guys ever gained or dropped a pound. Always 254 for Cena or 275 for Rock. Never. Um, okay, so what do the numbers tell us about this matchup? Yeah, thanks for everyone for voting. Also, going to plug that real quick. I do appreciate a lot of the retweets on it, too. So Kane is going to get the advantage here. A little, I would have liked it closer, like I keep saying on all these bubs, but Kane with the advantage at 63 to 37. That's a, I actually thought it might have been a little further apart. Than that, but okay. I'll take that. Yeah, as expected, Kane is going to move on because these seeds are well done. Yes, and we all know who's going to win this next matchup, but we're going to talk about it anyway. And that is the one seed Undertaker going up against four seed Mankind, and really, I feel like Mankind was more benefited from benefited from all of the layers of Mick Foley yeah. rather than just the gimmick itself while the Undertaker really benefited from the gimmick to start and then Mark Calloway continued to evolve throughout time and turned the Undertaker was able to surpass the Undertaker's just it's the greatest gimmick of all time yes and the gimmick made him at first and then he was able to become one with the gimmick and evolved it over time. Right. With Am me, I wrong? Or? No, you're very right on that because – and I'll, I'll talk about it now. You can find on the the plethora of internet than, that we have in the world, you can see – There's, there's a lot of internet. A lot <laughs> of the internet running around these days. You can find – different versions of it but basically there's a picture that goes through almost every year from basically 1990 up until 2018 and every year is a different picture of the undertaker as a professional wrestler in the undertaker gimmick and i love it not many of them are the same or they even really look the same because he's able to change it and it sometimes it's just appearance i get that that's not a big change but even when he changes appearances he changes the way he carries himself he changes a little bit of how he kind of moves around in the ring and kind of his approach to stuff, whether he's more malicious or he's more, you know, reserved and things like that. So he's the only guy, and why he's considered the greatest is be, I think it's the legacy of him should be built on the time factor. Since, since he debuted at the Survivor Series in 1990 until the fact that he still shows up today, even though it's well past, he is still, we still cheer for it, we still enjoy seeing him to a degree because he's able to change what he's done with the character and now he owns it and runs it and you know he's one of those guys where you could say do you know the undertaker to a person on the street and he's one of the few people that a non-wrestling fan would say oh yeah i know what that guy looks like right exactly and it's amazing because as long as you and me have been alive i mean a little bit a little bit shorter than we've been alive, but 
because we came around. Well, I mean, our gimmick came around a little before Strong The Undertaker, really but really. yeah. But he has been around since we have been babies, and that's uh, approaching thirty. That's amazing to think about. Yeah. That, and he's still active. As long as we have been alive, The Undertaker, as The Undertaker, has been around and is still going. And you're right. And I've, how often ha- have I talked about when we talk about who, who constitutes a goat? And I always say that it's someone that has transcended wrestling. Someone that you can go up to a non-wrestling fan and they'll be like, yeah, I know them. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember being down in San Antonio uh, and going to uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum or something like that, some kind of museum like that. And they had all these wax figurines, uh, like these true-to-life wax yep. figures. Right there, right there uh, next to Ripley's, been there. Yes. Shout out to the and, Yes, of course. And they had all of these famous actors, musicians, and mm-hmm. lo and behold, there was a wax figurine of The Undertaker. And I think that is a testament to his staying power. Yeah. And the other part that we talked about last week that brought it, got brought up with him a little bit too was gimmick is one thing. You also have to be able to be not great in the ring, but you have to certainly be able to evolve a little bit too. His his natural athleticism that he has in the ring, he his raw power, of course, because of his frame that he he has, he's able to work with absolutely anybody. Right? There's matches yes. out there with fucking viscera that are w- that are watchable TV. Right? You like I've the said, diesel match I've that liked he put the, on, and and his Sid Vicious match, and the Sid match, right? So those yes. to be able to work with him, and then of course we know what he did with. With Shawn Michaels, those are the kind of the, the beginning and the, and the end of that spectrum. Basically, if a guy can work with those type of you know talents with size and, and techniques and stuff in the ring, and be able to put on competent matches that you go back and watch, and be able to evolve himself and wrestle for thirty years, and be the and have the respect yes, of everybody, the locker room leader of the WWE. He's I mean, if you're putting if you're naming one guy that, it's going to be the Undertaker. Absolutely. So we and there, this isn't to take a dump on Mick Foley and the Mankind character, but mm-hmm. there is just no there's no comparison between the two because and you know Mick did the best that he the absolute best with what he was given with the Mankind character and right. he took it he ran with it he won multiple world championships with it so he he. The the gimmick itself was phenomenal. I mm-hmm. love the mankind. The people gimmick. behind it too. So it definitely yes. Works. Um, but we're we're talking about a true goat. Yeah. In the Undertaker, and there's just no kind of comparison between these two. Yeah. I think there's a. I think it's a much closer comparison between him and Kane, which. Right. When we get to the numbers here shortly, um, I'm sure that's what we're going to see. Right. But all the intangibles are there for the Undertaker, and I he he was the first. I've said this so many times. He was the first wrestler I've ever imitated. 
Purple glove. So purple glove. So that would have been 96, 95, 96 under tape. 95, 96, yeah. So but speaking of the numbers, though, again, thanks for – we got a lot of lot more votes on this one than we did the other one, Bubs. I'm not sure what, what Twitter was doing with pushing this one more than the two versus three matchup, but we got more votes, and it might have just because it's been in the names involved. But the Undertaker is going to walk away. He wins handedly. 79 to 21, though. I was expecting something nice. in the high 80s. 80s? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, a lot of love for mankind, and I get that. He definitely, definitely evolved himself, like even just in attire and stuff. Like the way he looked in '96 versus when he won the title in '98 with Sako was different. Yeah, he went from a claw. You know, he went from deranged and and a lunatic to to someone that the fans could get behind, and they his not like a happy-go-lucky attitude, but he he had very he became very silly and comedic yeah and the fans really got behind it but mcfoley could turn on just like with gold dust he can turn on the seriousness Mm -hmm. when he needed to but he can also lay on the charm and the comedy also when needed to and he's gonna go down as the greatest fucking bump taker of all time so if if we ever do that bracket we'll talk about Mankind. We'll talk about Mick Foley more than... He's a one that. seed. Yeah, that's the one. He's he's sweeping everybody. But The Undertaker wins in five in this one right here. And he's yes. going to move on to face Kane. So we got our matchup that we... I'd say it is the one we wanted. It's the one we predicted as well was going to happen out yeah. here. So next week, the one versus the two, bubs. That'll be out there on Twitter, as was this one. I'll be pushing it hard to see get, to get some numbers. Because although it, it's easy to say that the one seed's going to win, this one has a lot more juice to it because of the storyline that we're going to talk about and a lot of the similarities between the two characters and how they change. So that'll be good shit to talk about next time, Bubs. Yeah, and I, I think we can... Honestly, I think we can dedicate an entire episode to just Kane versus Undertaker uh, and that I, story. I and time for those feuds and that WrestleMania match. Oh. Matches. Mm-hmm. Damn it. But... Yep, right. so that, that, I'm looking forward to that next week. But now- Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. And we do want to thank the guys from Powerslam TV for supporting the show. And we want to pass on to you guys, our listeners, the ability to go check out Powerslam TV and all of the content that they have on there. You heard well over 4,000 hours. It's very true with a lot of different promotions from all around the world, a lot of good stuff, a lot of classic stuff that goes back even years, decades really at this point. So go to powerslam.tv, sign up, use our code collar elbow free. That's collar elbow free. Use that. You're going to get a free month on that code. There's no hassles there. It's not, it's not a gimmick that they're pulling over on anybody. You can cancel that at any time. Check it out. Hopefully you'll like it. I've liked it. I'm supporting it. I recommend it. Go check it out. Now, some stuff I'm not looking forward to. 
So what you're not looking forward to is uh, something you're gonna that you're going to begin to become more excited about as as we get through the year. Right. And that's what I'm told uh, that I'm supposed to say. That's from okay. Our, that's from our producers here at the IWC. They're telling me that once October Terrible. comes, I hope no, they fire me. Nobody. Yeah, you're on the verge. Nobody Good. is is gonna miss Wednesday night TV. Now. Right. I the agree with that. Wednesday night war. I am, although I, I've said this before, it's, I don't like the fact that it's a war because it's, it's not. No, we don't care about that not. anymore. Uh, the numbers, although they're going to be interesting to see, I'll definitely be, I want to see what the numbers look like versus USA versus TNT. But I don't care about that. I care about the, the wrestling because I'm going to get a lot more shit than what I want. But the conversation that we're going to have today, Bubs, is going to be, uh, I'm going to let you vent a little bit because I know you got some in there. But the core of it is, is that All Out just happened. So yes. AEW has a world champion. His name is Chris Jericho. And oh. they had a... That sounds familiar. They had a, a successful pay-per-view, although there were things that went wrong. There were also things that went really great. There were at least three damn good matches that occurred and some other stuff that was, you know, like it or hate it, whatever your, your tastes are. So all in all, it was successful, which is what, as wrestling fans, we want to see. But... We have to get away from the the narrative that's really being put out there, mostly by the all elite kind of diehards, basically those fanboys. That this is the global phenomenon that is taking over the world, that is going to put every other company out of business. If that's what your goal is as a wrestling fan, is for there to be one wrestling company, I don't really think you're a wrestling fan. I think you are a fan of Kenny Omega and his matches and everyone else that goes along with it. So, yeah, absolutely. the conversation that we're going to get into is how do we get and what do you want to see from their sustainable TV that starts in October that will actually make you – because you're, you're an outsider, Bubs. You, yes. you don't hate the product. You actually – you just don't fucking care about it right now. I don't care right now. And I think it's fair to say it's because it, they have not given you a reason to care. Right, and I'm not saying I don't care about it. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. No, I don't care about it because I don't – just yet. There's only so much that high quality wrestling can can give me. You know, I want to. I do want. There's no one that loves like tremendous in ring work more than me. But I I like a good ass story. Yeah, I will take a lower quality match as long as the story is there. The Velveteen Dream is putting on. Five star classics, but the story that is being told in the conference is what gets you invested in someone like him. Like his match with Alistair Black, I don't think anyone claimed that it was the greatest match of all time, but the story that it had going into it and the story that it in the ring that's what got you hooked, and that's what. So that's what I am lacking right now. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, you should be watching me with the elite. Well, guess what? That's not on my television. <laughs> and that's not on any of these papers. So I don't want to hear that. Right. I have to go out of my way to see that. 
Yeah, yeah. And if you and if that and if you have to go out of your way to find something, you either are one truly committed to it, or the product better be so good that it hooks you in from the first episode. And neither of you or I have been true fans of being the elite since it came out because we're not. They're not that we dislike any of those guys, but they're just not our top guys. So it, it's never brought us in. So it's it's becoming and it will be difficult for us as non indie diehard fans, which most of what AEW fan base really is. Don't take it as a slight the way that I said that. But no, you're absolutely right. What you're saying is that those that are truly one hundred thousand percent are the people that have dedicated their lives to all things that are not mainstream wrestling. Like, we can talk at nauseum about WWE, New Japan, Impact, but there's the people who follow and love AEW can tell you everything you need to know about all the other promotions out there. I can't even start naming them because I, I honestly don't know them. We're not familiar with the indie products, you know, but we are so much dedicated since we have been since childhood to what is considered mainstream wrestling that we we kind of got stuck to WWE. We've gotten stuck to New Japan, and that's how we know some of the guys that are in All Elite, but there's some dudes that are coming off of literally working out of a high school gym working for AEW now because they're extremely talented, and I don't know that. I know their story maybe because they just told me, but I'm not a fan of them and we've never seen them. So it's very hard to buy in to, if you're selling me that and I've never seen it, I'm supposed to go off your word and the internet's word. That's hard for me to do as a wrestling fan if I've never seen something and I've never actually like you know watched a feud or seen a program of theirs and say, yeah, I can get invested in that. Not, I mean, it's not that I won't try it. It's just it's hard for me to spend 50 bucks for a pay-per-view or to say that I'm going to watch this over a tried and true NXT product that's going to be on at the same time. And and I want to be a fan of AEW and I'm not saying right now that I'm not, but come October when television starts, then I am going to be able to really sink my teeth into it mm-hmm. and be able to, you know, get what it is that hopefully I get what it is that will make me a fan of AEW and, and what that is, is storytelling. Mm-hmm. Now the biggest pitfall right now, that AEW is facing, especially with NXT airing on Wednesdays is that NXT has the continuity that AEW doesn't. NXT has the the stars that more people because more people watch WWE programming, mm-hmm. more people ha- have a subscription to the network and have laid eyes on NXT, so they know the people that are in NXT and there's a lot of indie stars that a lot of the IWC know that we don't. Yeah. That go to NXT and we don't know them until they start on television. So there's a lot of continuity there. The production so far is way better with NXT. The storylines have gone on much longer, and you're much more invested because you know everything that's going on. 
So there's so much that NXT has going for it ahead of AEW that's going to make it hard for AEW to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about this. You asked me, you know, what's going to make me watch? What would make me watch the first episode of AEW? And my answer was, well, the thing that would make me watch it, because I'm more interested in, in NXT's first episode, um, but just the fact that you can't miss the first yeah. the first episode. Just can't miss week one. Right. 30 years from it's, now, you got to say you were there, right? Yes. So that's must-watch. But after that, what is AEW going to do to keep me coming back? Because if you're just going to give me decent matchups like wrestling matches i'm not going to care for that i can go and watch that on youtube what's going to keep me coming back is storytelling what what this person does to this person that lead that makes me go man i wonder what's going to happen to them next week this is very interesting i want to see what so-and-so does to so-and-so after this oh he's going to be mad about this i can't wait to see what he does that kind of stuff is what gets not just me as a as a lifelong wrestling fan, but also the casual fan who happens to stumble upon it on TNT. They go, huh, I can't believe that guy said this about him. I wonder what he's going to do. I guess I'll have to see next week. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go, oh, Cody is wrestling Kenny Omega? That Why do I care about that? I think they're putting a little maybe a little too many eggs in the basket of we can attract the casual fan with the high-flying antics, the spots, and the you know the five-star match type of stuff that occurs. Because there is a, a fair amount of people that would say, yeah, that's entertaining and I would watch that. But that gets them there for that episode or that segment or that match, right? It's mm-hmm. You need to be able to take that, because they're going to do that. We're going to see that, that type of stuff. With the, with the talent that they have on their roster, we're going to see matches like that. We can't get around it. So how do they harness that, turn that into a relatable, you know, real-life, maybe PG-13-esque angle on and off to attract us and keep us coming back and really make us become invested? Because if you want to be different than your competition which is what you have to to be you can't be the exact same thing you must be different in some way what is it you're going to do different than wwe wwe rarely does long-term storytelling their matches their matches on weekly television are not usually high profile matches right and they certainly don't give them a lot of time on tv to do what we would you know definitely what we'd want we don't get the 15 minute match of great stuff going on between two guys that can, you know, tear the house down. So if you're going to give me that, then that gives you one one edge. But there's a lot of different edges yes. that you need to be able to take away from NXT that does everything well. Their storytelling is better than Raw and SmackDown storytelling. Yes, their, the matches, their yeah, weekly matches are better. It is. Their storylines, because their pay-per-views are so spread out, there's only four, four a year, five a year of takeovers, right? And it's a and it's a beautiful thing. It is, and if that's how you want to, although it doesn't quite look like that, it, it looks like that AEW is going for more of like a six to eight type of pay per view thing a year, which is definitely better than twelve to Good. fifteen. Yes, so that's fine. I will I'm, take that. I'm all about that. That lets us create those longer stories. You don't have to give me a year long storytelling session of a feud. I'm not asking you for that. But if you have, 
I eight. certainly wouldn't be opposed to I, it, though. I wouldn't, but I also think it's unrealistic for a lot of the, you know, generations now. We kind of want the answer now. We want the feud now. It, it, it takes right, a lot but of not every, not every feud ha- has to be a, that kind of long term. Right. But give me one feud that does that, and I'll be pretty happy. Yeah. So if that's what I get, that's really the main thing I'm asking from all elite is don't give me every month or every six weeks a pay-per-view in the northeast of the United States that <laughs> it seems to be their demographic right now, or Chicago, that uh, that's Midwest bubs. That we're going to have to try to fill out uh, the card for because we're yes. going to start seeing things be repetitive quickly. We're going to start you know shoving stuff you know faster than it needs to go. And it's okay if your product sucks for the first year. I, as a fan, would appreciate that. I wouldn't say that you suck yet. It's If I see no. you developing and doing things the right way and saying, oh, I can see where this is going down the road, I'll give you the chance. It's okay. Right. And honestly, I want AEW to succeed. But I'm not going to sit here and say that it's the second coming of freaking... Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because, in my opinion, it's not right now. Could it be? Of course. Yeah. Of course it could. It could be the next major competition that WWE hasn't seen since WCW. What a great time it would be. It would be amazing. I would absolutely love it. What sucks, though, is that AEW is sending its AAA squad to go against it and for a while the triple a squad's going to be winning until AEW can get entrenched it can get a foothold and it can do all the things right that it needs to do right like like production as one fucking thing yeah yes that needs to improve big time they've had a few shows to get that right but they just can't seem to just yet yeah and and we and we talked about this this week. Um, TNT is not married to AEW like it was with to WCW yeah, Turner. when Turner was involved. TNT people don't realize TNT can drop AEW at a moment's notice. So don't think just because they have a TV deal that that's the end all be all. Because they can drop them at the drop of a hat. TNT's in it for money and ratings, just like they are with any other TV show that they buy and say, hey, we're going to give you three seasons. Go go do it, right? With all their drama, yes. their TNT drama shows that they do. So if, if they don't produce the numbers that were expected or that were pitched in that initial pitch by, you know, Tony Khan and maybe Cody saying, we'll give you these numbers after this amount of time, if those things aren't there, if they're not succeeding in that, it's it's as simple as hey we're not going to pick you up next year or after this you know you know set date or whatever they're contractually you know doing with that it's it's quite easy right and that becomes a big deal yes and that's something that's just not talked about enough because people are assuming that AEW is safe like oh they have all this they're there forever they're they're going to be on TNT forever the cons are going to just continue to funnel money mm. into the company because oh, they're dedicated not really. They're not that dedicated. They they became billionaires for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because you find a good investment, you stick with it. Uh, an investment doesn't work out, guess what? You drop it. 
So if AEW doesn't pan out the way that they thought, they can drop it just as easily as TNT can drop them. So because the people that are running AEW are not the suppliers of the funds and the TV, they there is a lot that can go wrong right. for AEW. And so I, I hope that is not the case, but that is a real possibility. And believe it or not, I think TNT cares about the pay-per-view buy numbers that uh, AEW would put out, even though they wouldn't be the provider, right? They, th- those, that's going to be done by Bleacher or your cable provider or Fight TV, right? But don't you think they care about how many people are actually buying that product? And if the numbers are skewed, like, like I think they have been because you people aren't buying it, you diehard fans out there, that's going to hurt the product. <laughs> Sorry to be so You're going. Yeah. You're going after them. I, huh? I am. It's, I, I want them to – we're talking about the real-life you know, legalities and the contractual things and the real-life stuff yes. that goes on with this. Like Those are things that investors – and in this case, TNT is an investor in that product. They care about Hell, the cons are an investor in this product. Yeah, the cons are there to throw money at it and say this is what we're going to do and they're going to drive the train a little bit. TNT wants to make money and gain viewers off of your brand, and if you don't give them that – they will walk away and replace that time slot with a TV cop drama from two years ago that needs a couple yes. of runs. More Law and Order. Yeah, anything. Law and Order, SVU, and. Hey, I love SVU. All C- right, but that's a USA thing. That is. CSI, Las Vegas, Miami, Nevada, whatever all those were. <laughs> CSI, Idaho. Yeah, just get them in there. Yeah. Boise. <laughs> a lot of that. The Millers. But, Bubs, uh, interesting, since we talked about this the other day, I threw up another poll just to get some numbers going for discussion points. And this got people talking. I asked them if they if they think that either NXT or both, either, I, either NXT or AEW, will draw bigger live viewing numbers than a Raw or a SmackDown by the end of the year. So giving them three months to the end of the year. Will, no. Will one of their shows, either NXT or AEW, get bigger numbers than Raw or SmackDown? Not at all. Absolutely not. Well, you'd be surprised. Not yet. You'd be surprised what some people think here. And some split numbers across the board, but the They're wrong, the majority so. winning saying that both of them, 34%, that's actually the biggest okay. number, will. So what they're, what they're saying, they're not voting for – they're not paying attention to the question. Okay. What you asked is, will either of them draw bigger numbers? The answer to that is easy. It's no. What they're thinking you're asking is, are either of these going to be better products than Raw or SmackDown? And I was hoping that that would be clear, but... And the answer is, yeah, possibly both of them could be. Mm -hmm. But will either of them draw bigger numbers than Raw or SmackDown? Not at all. Not not even combined, maybe. Like a nice 7.1. No, not even close. Those don't exist on TV anymore, sorry. No. This yeah. is not the, the late 90s where on Hulu WC, WCW got like an 8 and <laughs> Raw got a 6.8. Looking, looking back, those are huge compared to what we see now. Huge. What, a 3 is good. What happened is, is, to us as viewers? DVR and I TiVo. Know. That's what it is because it's television. is it's not. There's no appointment television anymore. We don't have to watch anything live. Yeah. 
I, I certainly don't. Except sports. Sports is the only thing. And, like, true team sports. Yeah. What I mean. Football, basketball, baseball. That's the, that stuff I watch live because that is actually has a, an impact on the here and now. Right. Wrestling, it's a television show. You can go back and watch it and missing out on it doesn't impact anything at all. I just saw so that point six as I googled it. There's a there was a God. six back in the day. I'm sure that wasn't the high, but that just popped up as like a, a mean average for one of these points in times. God, it was nuts back then. What a time to be a perfectly aged child to enjoy that yes. and believe everything. You were so blessed. It was happening. I was I. You couldn't convince me that wrestling was fake. No, and I would have told you that it was all real and it was the best product ever, and every match was the greatest match ever. Like and I'm watching Goldberg. Like you try to tell me Goldberg is fake. Right. He was. He was legit. Goldberg against Tank Abbott. That'll. Oh God. That'll put you. That'll put butts in the seats. That'll put seats. <laughs> but ah. yes, Bubs. What? What a time right now for wrestling fans to be alive with the Wednesday Night War, as it's called. But wrestling is doing well in the U.S. and abroad. MLW is getting bigger. New Japan is getting a footprint on the East Coast and California. So I'm not complaining. I'm not here to pick really. I don't want to be a guy that picks a side. I'm going to pick the side that entertains me more. So don't take that for what it's worth. But I'm excited. And I'm excited as well. And we want to know how excited you are for the future of wrestling. Of course, with AEW starting their weekly television soon and all their pay-per-views they've been having, who do you think is going to win the Wednesday Night War? NXT, AEW, tell us, let us know on Twitter at CAE Wrestling. You can also hit us up on Facebook, Collar and Elbow Wrestling. You'll know it's us. Trust me. It's us. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We can't wait to get to the finals. Kane versus Undertaker in the, in the greatest gimmick of all time bracket. And I think we can dedicate a whole episode, episode to that. But, Bubs, that's something we'll discuss as the week goes on. Very good. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Together, we are going to continue to grow the show and continue to grow the wrestling community and together we are going to make wrestling great again thank you guys see you next time